the Lord's redemption Out of life, out of lessons Hey, welcome to Celebrate People. It's Betsy Spina. Thank you for coming back for another fun show. Okay, so this guest is someone that, again, when I was dreaming up this podcast, she immediately came to mind. She is such an inspiration and someone that I have loved for many years now. But she is a country artist who is Grammy nominated. She's also been nominated for a ton of other awards. She recently released an album called The Other Side. Uh, Before that, her album Untamed was out in 2015, and I was totally obsessed with that album. If you are starting to put this all together, yes, today we are going to be joined by Cam. She is an amazing country singer. She's originally from Northern California, now living in Nashville, Tennessee, and she has this incredible not only musical background, but she actually studied psychology, which I think is so fascinating and cool, and that really comes out in her music, which I think is awesome. So we'll be talking about that today, and Cam is also someone that has been so vocal about standing up for women in country music and just in music and in life, which is awesome, and she also stands up for people in general. She is definitely someone I would call a humanitarian. She's always standing up for people and having difficult conversations and asking hard questions. And I admire that so much about her because she really is helping to bring about positive change in this world. So I just adore her and I'm so thrilled that she would share her time with us today on Celebrate People. So I'm going to go ahead and add in Cam. Let's do it. Hello. Yay. (laughs) I'm so happy to see you. This is amazing. Gosh, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Oh, you know. Doing the thing. Hanging in. Doing 2021. Just 2020 part two. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I cannot tell you how excited I am just to get to see you and hang out with you. And I know everybody's going to love learning from you. So I'm so grateful that you would share your time. Yeah, of course. No, it's so nice to see you. I'm like just missing everybody. And I'll probably ramble just because I miss being in person. But you just tell need. <laughs> no, I can't wait. I love the ramblings and I feel like we're all just so starved for human interaction right now. So it's, yeah. yeah, it's so nice to get to do this. How, like, how are you doing for real? How is like Cam the human woman doing? How are you? Yeah, pretty good. I mean, you know, the, the motherhood transition was, and is like really weird, like a, it's new and it's different and it's like a full identity crisis, <laughs> I guess, you know, that you have to go through in a shift that happened like transformational, I guess. So For sure. that part's why. And then to be, it's already kind of like an isolating experience, I guess. And so then to have that happen while everyone's isolated, I guess it's sort of like, I guess it feels, um, like everyone else at least is going through the same thing, but still is like, really, you can't just like at least try and go for coffee. You know what I mean? It's like a lot of home time. Totally. Which again, like as you're saying, I feel like has its, you know, wonderful pluses, but also is really challenging because I feel like I've heard this from so many of my friends that are moms that it can be so isolating being a mother in general. So then like having, as you're saying, this added layer of the pandemic, it just makes it so hard. So I feel like you've handled it all so beautifully. And I love how much you like, yes, I love how much you share um, of, of being a mom and what it's like too. So thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. I, I, it's so funny. Cause I, I definitely love posting pictures of my child. Cause I think she's adorable. She is. And I, <laughs> I feel like it's like, you know, just a joy to sort of share. Cause I feel like kids bring so much joy. So it's kind of nice to share her. And then when every now and then to pepper in some sort of like reality check, just cause I just, I want, I think it's an interesting time for women who are earners, you know, and 
working in the workforce as opposed to like before where there was maybe more women that were spending time at home with kids. So trying to figure out how to navigate working and raising a kid is, you know, the world's not set up for it. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Totally. Especially being a musician, like, I think about this again, like even doing Zoom calls, like we just have a dog and sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, the dog is making noise. And like with a human, you can't be like, hey, hey, little one, just like sit there and be quiet. How like how are you navigating all of that and doing like TV performances and things like how, what? Yeah. <laughs> well, luckily, my um, one of my friends who is my videographer and photographer that goes on tour with me, she um, was kind of like, what do what do I do with my life at the same time? And I was like, would you want to just, she's immunocompromised. So couldn't really go out and get a job, even if she wanted to. So I was like, what if you come stay here, hang out with Lou a couple days a week. And then also we were around each other to do like, you know, photographs and things for, you know, online content and stuff. And she's like, great. And it's worked out so wonderful. So generally between her and grandma's things can get done, (laughs) but it really, that whole, it takes a village thing is a pretty real, real deal. Yes, absolutely. It's so funny. I was listening to a podcast recently uh, that my husband actually recommended to me, but it was with Ezra Klein and he was, I think it was Ezra Klein's at least, but they were talking about this concept of like really being a village raising humans and how amazing that is. And and we need that. And it's hard that our society now isn't built for that in a lot of ways. Yeah. Very disjointed, which I I mean, especially like right now, but it's, yeah, yeah, it makes me excited too, though. You know, it's one of my favorite things just to turn around and then question. So I'm like, okay, let's make sure there's daycare at these festivals. And you know, what's, you know, it'll just be a chapter. (laughs) I, well, I love that. And that's one of the things I love so much about you is that like, whenever you see a problem or something that, you know, needs to be addressed, you're so good at not just being like, oh, that's a thing that's existing. You're like, how do we fix it? Let's fix it now. And I admire that so much about you that once you see it, you you have to change it. Yeah. Sometimes it's frustrating for me and everyone else too, but it just is we all have our ticks, don't we? <laughs> yes. Well, and I feel overwhelmed by things sometimes because I feel like that too. Like once I see a problem, I can't unsee it. And it's sometimes overwhelming because you just want to fix and change everything. And we can't. How do you identify like what things need your immediate attention? Oh, uh, in my life, I, mostly it's a gut feeling. Mostly I'm like just listening to my gut about things that feel right or don't. And then decide that whole thing of when... When am I the person that can help or when am I maybe someone who can like alert other people or maybe when is it like just step back because other people are working on it and I would be allowed obstruction if I try to step in. Um, I'm not great at all of it. I I give it my best shot. (laughs) Damn. You are so amazing at it. I feel like throughout this entire year, I have loved watching you and loved watching you step up. And I feel like you highlight the right people at the right time where you sit down and have a difficult conversation with someone at just the right time. And I'm always so inspired. I wish I I like want to channel more of that because it, it can be really challenging to know what to do and and like how to do it. And I feel like you do it so well. Oh, thanks. I'm flying by the seat of my pants. I'm you just I think like talking to people. There's a lot of talking on the phone. Um, like I spent a lot of time picking the brains of people who like grassroots build things. Cause I feel like that's the most sustainable thing. If you build in your community and you're planning on being there and you go from the ground up, that's usually like the most sustainable thing. And then there's people who kind of from the top down 
are like, oh, I see a problem and I have the money and the resources and the network to work on it, but they don't, it's harder to follow through if you're not coming from the ground up. It's harder to like really impact the people you're hoping to impact. And also usually you end up starting on too large of a scale. Yeah. So there's no way to no accountability. And so it's, uh, yeah, that whole thing. And then, you know, I just feel like this past year has been such a big learning experience for everyone, not for everyone, but for most white people, I think has been like a, oh my God, we have been living in this. <laughs> and like, yeah. Just really understanding that is a whole other level too. So I feel like that's now like what you're saying, that thing you can't unsee. Totally. Oh my God. Capitalism and racism. (laughs) Here we are. It is. uh, Yeah. I just, it's heartbreaking to, I mean, it's been going on, you know, since our our country began uh, and, and, you know, since our world really began and how awful that that has existed and that we've perpetuated it in ways and that we haven't been aware of, you know? And so it is, it's like, I just don't, I sometimes feel so overwhelmed by that, that I don't even know which way to go or what to do. It's like, I just want to burst into tears. And sometimes I do, like, sometimes you just have to cry over how awful it is and then get up and go, what can I do to make it better? Um, But you, you've been doing that so well. And again, just like highlighting people and talking to people. And I admire that so much about you. No, thanks. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I feel like too, before this year, just you, you are always such an incredible woman and you always empower other women and champion women. And that's something too, that man, like you were just giving a voice to so many people that need, need a voice that aren't, aren't having that opportunity to speak. And I, yeah, just always love that about you. You're such a badass. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate Yeah. It's most of the time when you're doing that kind of stuff, it's not, it always feels that for some reason at odds. Well, I know the reason, cause I think criticizing the system that you are in is, uh, precarious yes. <laughs> and, risky. and yeah, it's not very fun. And there's definitely times where, you know, like, you know, people that care about me are like, why, you know, why can't you just go along with it, you know, <laughs> and just make music. Like you're great at music. Why don't you just do that? And I, I'm just not wired like that. And I think it's really unique. Also, I think once the Me Too movement started, I started to realize how connected I am to so many sectors of the industry, Mm. like an artist, because everybody's funneling into an artist, like you create something. And this is the thing that everyone's about to make money off of. And everything flows into you like hair and makeup, producers, publishers, labels, and so if you turn around and look at everyone, you actually have a really, you're, you're much more connected and like have so much more power than you realize. I think everyone's just, it's all relative, right? You just think you're trying to get to the next rung in the ladder. That's what everybody's always focused on the next thing. So you always, that's kind of disempowering to sort of think of where you should be, but you aren't. And yeah. it's turn around and realize like how much influence you have. Um, that definitely got me like, wow. I can see a lot of things that most people can't don't have the vantage point to see all these different pieces. So yeah. Yeah. It's like a little puzzle, but I think there's multiple solutions and just positive. There's like, everybody should be working in their own, you know, backyard, slowly pulling out weeds. And then it's not like there's one person has the answer for all of us and we all should be waiting on them to just 
ride in and save us, you know? As you were describing this, I feel like I was getting this image of like a web and it's kind of like you, you know, like you are the center of the web, but it is this huge web and there are so many different pieces coming off of it. And you're right that you can impact and talk to not only like impact so many people, but they're also feeding into you, you know? And so what Mm -hmm. are you learning from them? And then how are you giving that back and then spreading that to other people? I just think it's so cool that you see that and that you're using that, that placement, um, to highlight people and to learn and grow. And yeah, it's awesome. I, I mean, I could talk about this all day and the, the risks and the, that those traps of like, Oh, I just get, I just get more famous and more rich. Then I'll be able to help. Yeah. That's a huge trap because yes. <laughs> you can help now in your space. Like you can, you can do that. And just by educating yourself, you can help, you know? Yes, absolutely. So, and I, I feel like too, just like if you can impact one person, that makes a huge difference, you know? And so if you start with the one, you never know who else you will, you'll yeah. reach in doing that. Yeah. I'm sorry. Are we glitching? Are you glitching on your end from me or is it okay? I, no, I feel like it's just a little bit of a delay, but okay. Good old zoom. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know obviously like I've known this about you. I love your psychology background too, but for people that are maybe getting to know about you for the first time, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about your background in psychology and obviously music and then how those two things came together and then how you continued on to do music. If you don't mind sharing that story. Yeah. Well, I always, I always sang and I always liked singing, but no one I knew was a professional musician. I grew up in the Bay area in San Francisco Bay area and it's, you know, it's expensive. <laughs> There's not a lot of room for people to be artists it's difficult to be artists and um you know I think I thought I needed a a real career so I really for some reason fell in love with psychology research and I think it's this wanting to understand myself and what motivates me and other people um it's sort of the same reason I think that I write songs too you know like just trying to figure it out and I worked at a few labs, like uh, just around the Bay Area, like at Davis and Berkeley and Stanford. And then I kind of, I applied for graduate school and got to this final level of interview and didn't quite fit with this one program at Georgetown. So I was like, I have to go again. And I was like, before I do one more round, is this really what I want to do? And my sister was like, kept harping on me. She's like, it's so weird. You have something you're so good at and you just like aren't doing it, meaning music. Um, like you wouldn't feel so confused about whether you should be doing music or not. And I didn't like hearing that from her. So I went and spoke to my professor who was the head of the lab there at Stanford at the time. And I was like, it was culture and emotion. It was all stuff that kind of relates to like what I write about in songs too, actually. Yeah. And I asked her, I said, like, what do you think I should do? Cause I didn't know any musicians to ask. And she said, picture yourself 80 years old. And what would you regret missing out on? Like looking back at your life, would you regret that you didn't do psychology or that you didn't do music? And that just flipped a switch for me, um, probably because I'm terrified of having regrets at the end of my life. <laughs> and um, yeah, so then I just started in on songwriting and it's a really long process to try and figure out, um, you know, how to get inroads into the music industry. But that was like the beginning of just, okay, I need to like focus on this and start writing and, um, ended up being lucky enough to sort of, you know, meet different people and hustle and find my way here. Do you, it's, it's, there's so much to the story, but yeah. that's the, how well, I switched. Yes. 
I, I love it. And I love I do love that the psychology is still such a, a huge and present part of your music. You know, I think that is so awesome. And again, and how you connect with people. I, I just love that and admire that about you. My mom is a school psychologist and my dad actually uh-huh. studied psychology before he became a pilot. So anyways, I feel like I love that world and find it so fascinating. So I love that you love yeah. it for music, because again, like, obviously this is a long story. It's not something that just like, oh, I think I'll become a musician and it will work. What were I guess, like, what were the first steps that you took? So you talk about songwriting, like, was it you literally sitting down writing songs by yourself? Was it you, like, did you immediately reach out to people in Nashville or like, what, what were some of the first steps that you? Yeah. So when, so I'd done choir, like children's choirs when I was younger, um, as like a, you know, after school activity. And then I started acapella groups in high school and in college. So I started arranging music. It would be songs that already existed, you know, like this is before this was really cool with Pitch Perfect and stuff. <laughs> you take a song that exists and then you rewrite it, you know, in like finale or something like it's a yeah, yeah, like yeah. a patient type. And then um so then I started thinking, oh I could like I started arranging like Amazing Grace or like I started messing with melodies more. And when I was in college I studied abroad in the Netherlands and a boyfriend that I had at the time, he taught me some chords on guitar. I was like, okay, I'm going to get a guitar and I'm going to start here. So I started playing very softly because I was like so embarrassed that someone (laughs) might hear my crap songs or whatever and would play for my friends and kind of just slowly got into it. And I had a friend of mine who wrote music and that was like in college, I met him thinking, wow, somebody that's my age that does music, like that sounds simple, but it was a really big deal to like meet someone that had kind of a similar outlook and really beautiful voice. He was just, I was like, Oh, like, this is what I could do. So when I quit, um, psychology at that time, I was still like figuring this out and I was kind of playing on the side and I started writing songs, um, put together a band. I had a friend's husband who was very driven and was like, we can make a record like in our basement and sell it and stuff. And, um, I ended up really disliking this human being <laughs> later on, but he was such a huge help. Wow. It's so funny. Like people you meet at different times. Um, totally. It meant a lot to have people believe in you. So I think I'd overlook, you know, traits that weren't great because I wanted someone to believe in me. And that's, it's kind of a dangerous thing in the beginning because, um, I remember at one point I, I started writing with my good friend, Tyler Johnson, who was like, he's, he now does Harry Styles, you know, produces and writes for Harry Styles and Sam Smith and all kinds of people. And he does all my records with me and we were working on stuff. And I remember we got our first song or actually this, it was this gal who was like, I can get your stuff in front of Faith Hill and give me your best demos. And like, we were like, okay, so we spent all our money, you know, basically recording these demos and gave it to her. She definitely did not know Faith Hill. And like, then I was so, you know, despair. And another friend said they had a cousin that knew someone and a CD was given and this uh, independent artist wanted to record a song. And I was like, this is it, I've made it. And the person running her career said, I'd love to give you a publishing deal which is like, I thought I was going to be a songwriter first. This is like a big deal. Like they give you an advance. And so basically you have a salary, even though you're a musician, like Mason. And yeah, it sounds really cool, but the deal was so shitty. (laughs) And I just was like, but I just, these people believe in me and I just want, I just 
want to be doing music and how much can you even ask for and all this humble pie kind of stuff and like the the truth of it is like and all these people were like no one gets a publishing deal you should just take it and that first no was like the hardest thing to say no I think I could I think I'm worth more than this oh my god was it terrifying but now looking back oh what a horrible deal that was (laughs) and I can't believe I even considered it and most people around me were like who were practical were like this is ridiculous I can't believe you're thinking about this so you know said no to that and decided I better record some of these songs I'm writing, make them into an album so people can hear what it is I'm doing. And either they love the music and they love me as an artist and they get behind it in one way or another, or they don't have to guess where I'm going, you know, like they're into it or they aren't. And that strategy ended up working because we had 90% of the untamed album done at that point we had done a kickstarter to get eleven thousand dollars for my friends and family which i thought they would be like go get a job i don't want to give you money <laughs> but they were all super supportive um and yeah we took the songs in and the guy who's the head of sony in new york we went up like all these fancy elevators like to get to his office and he was just blown away by burning house and was mm-hmm. like sign a contract before you leave. And I was like, call my lawyer. Like at that point, I'm already doing the nose. I was ready to go. So yeah, it's, it's a long winding road, but I think if you're surrounding yourself with people that want you to do your best and like, make sure you're not, that's not the trade-off for giving away percentages of your business. Yeah. No, that's such good advice. And I love, I would love to talk more about like saying no, that's something that I am awful at, that I am really (laughs) trying to get better at because I think like, as you were talking about earlier, like, you know, in your gut, certain things that just aren't right. And there are times in my life that I can look back that I'm like, Oh, I knew that was a bad decision. I knew it, but I listened to other people who love you and and mean well for you. They want the best for you, but like, they don't know you and they don't know what you're feeling. Um, and there have been just like a handful of times. I think I've listened to other people who again, love me very much. And I love them. And I know they wanted the best for me, but what they thought was the best wasn't. And I, I should have said, I should have said no, but I didn't. So I would love to talk more about that and knowing how, knowing, I guess, how to trust yourself. Do you have any advice on that? I mean, having friends that are like, you know, for me in career stuff, I have a great lawyer. So important. (laughs) And he he is amazing at being like, "Mm, this is what you're worth. And this is what you should hold out for. Yeah. I think trusting your gut, listening to people that are practical about it. Cause I think a lot of people that care about you also are afraid for you getting hurt. Yes. And like, that's the motivator behind it. Totally. And same thing with you, like yourself, usually you're like, I just want to minimize the hurt or the risk. Yeah. And in that you like inhibit the possible good outcomes. Totally. So remembering, I guess that's the thing is like, are you doing it just so you feel comfortable right now? Is mm-hmm. that kind of like what your answer is? Or you're afraid of something like that? Cause I mean, it's, I guess it's a case by case thing, but A lot of times just having boundaries and knowing what you want to, like, that's the, it's not fun to tell people like, this is not what I want and I'm not going to do this. Like, I still struggle with that a lot too. Like even in a, like a writing session, someone will be kind of coming up with ideas and you're like, oh, I don't want to kill the vibe right now, but (laughs) I don't, I hate my idea and I hate your idea. And what are we going to do about it? So you're trying to stay open about it. But yeah, when it comes to something that's like a big commitment, like a contract or, you know 
something that's going to take up your resources and time, like you definitely, you'll be fine either way, but you, I mean, go for like the actual thing you want. Yes. I feel like Like that always, yeah, it always works out better in the end, truly. Even if like in the immediate moment, it feels scary or you've given up something and it's like, you're kind of leaping into the unknown because you said no to that one thing um, or you're having to start again, whatever it is. But I think a few steps later, it's almost like, I think also a lot of women end up like negotiating against themselves before you're even speaking to the person that you're negotiating with. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you have a conversation in your head and you're almost like talking yourself into like a softer approach before you're even like negotiating. So then they don't even know that you wanted something different in the first place. And they don't know that you're settling totally, you know, which kind of sets up the relationship to already be unequal. And you maybe feel like, you know, taken advantage of on some deeper level, even if they agree to what you offered. So yeah, you know, (laughs) that's good. (laughs) Easy stuff. stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Easy. So easy. I just appreciate you so much. I would love to talk about the other side though, which is so incredible. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I know that you recently posted that you're going to be at Outside Lands this year in October. And it's like almost exactly the year anniversary of when the other side came out. It's crazy. Oh my God. Isn't it right? Think about that. Yeah. It came out on the 30th. Yeah. Oh my God. That's going to be an other side anniversary birthday show. That's so cute. I didn't even think about that. I'm so excited. Halloween is like a massive party in San Francisco. Yeah. And I'm so happy to be going home. I, that festival is like, everybody's all like, give me a free ticket, you know, <laughs> like hometown crowd, but it's going to be, yeah, I just love, um, we've got a few festivals, which I'm kind of waiting for everyone to fully announce just because totally. I think they're all happening. Yay. But yeah, I'm so happy to get back on stage. That one's going to feel really special just being home. And it's been a journey, this album to getting it out and having this come out like during 2020. I'm so proud of it. And just, yeah, I feel like it's going to, going to be on the other side of the mountain, I think by that point. So it'll feel really good. So special. It's such an amazing album and I just am so proud of you and I love it so very much. And I wanted to ask you, I've loved all these cool like astrological pairings that you've been doing. Yeah. Also, they blow my mind every time because so (laughs) you did one before the album came out that was like, look at these songs. Which do you think you'll like? And I picked like a movie and later, which I love. It worked. I was like, this, (laughs) this is correct. And then also, I know you did one recently that was like a drink pairing with a song with your sign. And I got like a movie again. I feel like I've gotten Ah. like a movie like three times with different ones that you've put up. It's magic. How do you, you're romantic. (laughs) I mean, I, before the album came out, like I spend, even when we're just making the album, I, okay. So this is going to be nerdy, but this is the psychology background again. So in a couple different like theories about emotion. You can plot emotions on a chart and it's positive to negative and it's high arousal to low arousal. And so you can kind of plot them on this chart, like high arousal positive would be excitement Mm. and, you know, like low arousal negative would be bored, you know, that type of thing. So trying to map out almost like the colors and the feeling of these songs on like a grid. (laughs) And then assigning to the songs, like there's animals for each song, there's drinks, there's location, you know, like I don't know if you saw the hotel getaways. Yes. There's like, I, my manager and I, who's like my creative partner, we both just like love 
doing this because each song just feels like so full in a moment and in a vibe that you can kind of collect things around it and it just sort of feels correct so it makes me happy that it seems like it's tapping into the same thing for you yes yes and like that works for me it's so cool. I just think that is all so fascinating. I've, but like I said, and it's like you've put them up at different times, and every time I keep getting the same thing, and I'm like, whoa, ah! how did it, how did it happen? So it's very cool. <laughs> Good. I mean, there's definitely going to be more, so I'm hoping that they keep hitting the right spot. But it's fun. I love, I love albums that feel like soundtracks that are like, yes, not just you know. I I appreciate this sort of like Spotify listening vibe where it's like, well, if you have everything that sounds the same, it can be on in the background. And I'm not really here for that. I'm no. here for the the theater and the art, yes, and the, the drama and the love and then the sadness and then the anger. Like I just want to feel all the things. And I I want an album that when people listen, they have a favorite song, and then maybe like four months when you're like hit your limit on that song or your life shifts or something, you're like but this one, now this one means this. Like I, that's what I want to do. Like, I, I don't know why there is this pressure of like, can you just write a bunch of the same sounding songs? And I'm like, no, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really no, I'm, <laughs> I'm so with you. And I was actually thinking about that. Obviously, I got the other side immediately and I've been listening to it, you know, over the past few months. And I feel like things do hit me at different times. Like this morning I was listening again and like changes just hits me differently today. That one hit me in a new way. And I just think that is so, so cool. And it's great that there is a song for whatever you're feeling in the moment. And we as humans are always evolving and changing and feeling different things yeah. at different times. So you need yeah. different, different songs at different moments to comfort you, to excite you, to, you know, like whatever it is. Yeah. And that's yeah. You do such an incredible job with oh, that, with thanks. your music. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. What songs are you most excited to get to play live when you can? Oof. That's probably a hard question. I mean, yeah, I definitely love all of them. Like one of that type of thing, but I'm really excited. I love singing what goodbye means because of those harmonies. Mm. Um, The other side obviously is just such a like big song. And then, you know, I obviously love still playing Burning House and Diane and all that kind of stuff. But there's, yeah, Forgetting You is a really fun one to play live too. Mm. Something you can just kind of get lost in while you're singing them. And yeah. I feel like classic will be so fun. Yes. Can't wait for that too. And then till there's nothing left. I've been playing that one, Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's so fun with these huge snares, you know, it's like, it just feels like a vibe. Um, But it's going to be, I was already talking with my MD about this. It's just like, there's some, we got some work to do to set up these new songs. Cause the only times I've played them with the album release was more, you know, there was no audience and it was like a broken down, kind of acoustic-y yeah. mix type of thing, which was really fun. But now I'm like, okay, we're at a festival. Let's blast everybody. <laughs> How are we going to do it? I feel like you're always so creative too with like the visuals. I remember you had all the clouds um, before around yeah. when like Diane came out and yeah. what, are there any visual things that you're thinking of? Will it be different you for know, different songs? Yeah, we've been starting in on that and trying to plan what we can take we haven't an announced it, but there will be a tour around this album. And that, yeah. So those visuals get to be a little more specific because sure. it's your own space. Right. But I think trying to figure out what we can take with us for this, the festivals will be, I'm still thinking this through. I have a lot of different ideas. So we got to figure out what's going to travel well. <laughs> well, I'm excited to see. <laughs> 
them. Yay. Cam, thank you so much. Sorry, I literally could sit here and talk with you all day long. I know, me You're too. It's so, so nice wonderful. to see you. Likewise. I just keep hoping that we get to live in the same city at some point in time because I would just I, love I think it's gonna to happen. be with you. Okay. <laughs> me I too. Think it's going to happen. I would love Where that. are you at right now? We're in LA. Yeah. Yeah. Which mm. is, it's not my favorite place in the world. I feel bad. I know so many people love Los Angeles. <laughs> it's just, it doesn't like feel, I don't know. There's something that never feels settled in my soul. And yeah. I've lived in LA twice now. Um, I don't know. I don't know, but maybe it's other things changing and maybe other life things will change. And then I'll like being here more. Who knows? Yeah, but, I know. Yeah. It's such a, I, I lived there for a little bit and it's, I, when I was younger, I remember missing it because I was born in Huntington Beach. Yeah. Which thought, is so oh, beautiful. I get back. Yeah. Right. And yeah. then I lived there and I was like, well, this is a lot. And then now as I get older, it's like, well, I guess if I was kind of, you know, up in the Canyon or something like, but totally expensive. Oh, that is what's wild. I feel like there are so many different pockets that I love. Like I, cause I love old Hollywood too. And so like living in the Hollywood mm-hmm. Hills to me, I'm always like, Oh, what a dream. And I just like love driving through the canyons. And yeah. then I have friends that live cause I went to school at Pepperdine. So I have friends that live in like oh. Topanga Canyon and out that way, which is, I always feel like Pepperdine. Was that just like, did you feel like you're, you peaked? Cause yes. how could you beat that real estate it, in Malibu? I that think is like insane. especially now when I drive by, I like it, is so wild that we got to live there. And I was only on campus my freshman and sophomore year. I think they've changed it so there is more housing for upperclassmen now, but then I lived in Calabasas. But even still, I actually feel like I liked living off campus because then I was driving on and like really seeing Pepperdine every day yeah. and being like, what? It, yeah, was so beautiful. It was an interesting place for college. I had, I feel like, yeah, yeah, it was an interesting environment, just like a lot of people of like different extreme walks of life coming together. So that made when you're like 18 trying to figure out who you are and who you want to be, it was wild. Um, but yeah, it was beautiful. But all that to say, there are just like so many neat places in LA, um, but they're so expensive. It's crazy. No, You should do, I think, I want to say it's around March, April, but I can't remember. Have you ever done the Grunion run? No, I would love to do that though. <laughs> do you know what that is? I've it's heard like about it. Yeah. 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 I remember when we were little, we used to do it. And I always thought that was so fun to get up in the night and then yeah. go see the. So, yeah, anyway. I feel like, I feel like maybe some kids did it when we were in college. I feel like that was probably when I learned about it. Yeah. Cause it's not yeah. too far from there. Yeah. Oh, it's so cute. Yeah. Well, you're amazing. I just love you and admire you and I'm so thankful for you. Yeah. Um, Likewise. Thanks, girl. And I just, I hope we get to see each other soon. I'm here supporting you. I'm sure we will. Okay, good. I can't wait. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm here for you anytime, whatever you need. Um, Thanks, pal. I just think the world of you. So I hope you have a great day. Thank you again for being on Celebrate, people. So cool to get to celebrate you. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Feeling good. Yay. Okay, good. Okay. Bye. Bye. I cannot say thank you enough to Cam for being on Celebrate People today. That was so cool. Isn't she such an amazing woman? I just am constantly inspired by her. And I'm so excited, you guys. You can check out her new album, The Other Side. It came out in October, and it is phenomenal. That is out right now. And as we were talking about, she's going to be playing some festivals coming up this summer, and she's going to be playing at Outside Lands in October of 2021. So make sure you check out All Things Cam. I'm obviously going to link to her music and her social media. And I just hope you follow her and feel inspired by her. And I also hope that this episode reminded you that you really can do anything, that you can use your platform and the place that you are in at this very moment to create positive change in the world. So know that you're special, know that you are full of potential and just so valuable exactly as you are. So thank you again for hanging out with us today on Celebrate People. Thank you to Cam. Thank you to Walker Hayes for this amazing theme song. And I hope you have a great day and I'll talk to you next time on Celebrate People. Celebrate. Celebrate.
the Lord's redemption. 